There's no doubt that the right fit in any position makes everything, well, better. From CEO to creative talent, even that very first job out of college, not just any job will do. And even service positions, great volunteers or board members can make all the difference. Today, we'll dissect what makes a great fit and talk about getting the right people in the right seats. The Speakeasy Podcast, real talk about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Karen Steffel. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity and business, we probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. What we're having today is called the St. Florent. It's kind of a fancy cross between an Aperol spritz and a French 75 with the addition of the Aperol and the bitters. And everybody who knows us knows that we like bubbles. This is true. There's some gin, lime, Aperol, honey syrup, which is kind of fun, and your bitters, and brut, uh, which is the bubbles part, and a lime wheel for garnish. So check it out. Yeah. And honey syrup is like, you it, you just, it's a little bit of diluted honey. Yeah. Yeah. That's an easy go. And I will be honest, this is nice, but it's not my favorite drink that we've done because we've done similar ones that are a little more my alley, but I do appreciate this one. Yeah. Aperol has got a very specific taste, but I think it does nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Maybe I just have to be in the mood for it. Maybe it just isn't the right button, the right seat at this time. Oh. Well, it is for me. Fit. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So let's talk about this. I, I, I think this is an interesting, an interesting topic, getting the right fit. Yeah. So, I mean, I think everybody can relate to this topic because whether you're an employer or not, a manager or not, you, you have a job. So, you know, when you're not in the right quite fit. So like, man, I should have gotten off at the last stop, <laughs> you know, like, as opposed to, yeah, I'm taking the full route here. Um, or maybe you're just on the wrong bus altogether. Right. Yeah. Well, and we've all experienced it too, just in our lives. If you are interacting with a service person and they just weren't cut out for the job or you are interacting some, with somebody who you you feel like they've got such talent and they're in a job that doesn't showcase what they're worth or what they're great at. So it's obvious to see even even not in the workplace, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, both of us have been on our share of committees and boards and we continue to do that. And um, I know one of the boards that I'm on right now is it has done a complete 180 in the last year, and which is amazing because they're all remote still. Most of them are remote still. And it just always felt a little like friction, nothing bad, just nothing great. And now with a new director and some new hires, man, the the skill of being able to see that in people and put together a team that has really great synergy, it's a skill. It's a gift. And so things are just great now. It all works out. It's, there's just a synergy in this hum. And I, I, in my head, it's like feeling a higher energy vibe in the room and also feeling a calmness and a solidity and a lack of nervousness. Mm-hmm. You know, when you said there's just when there's just too much tension, you know something's not a right fit. But when it all clicks and you've got the right people, the right mix of people sometimes mm-hmm. matters. You feel like you can accomplish anything. Yeah, yeah, and and I think it's easier to see. It's even in the kind of own in the intangible. So if it's, you know. Before, it was just all business and all facts, no asking about 
the dog or the spouse. And now it's like gushing and acknowledging people and, um, you know, being grateful and thanking, you know, so you can really see that it's authentic too. Yeah. It's, and, and it's, um, the difference between somebody's there and they're getting the job done and they're checking the box versus they're engaged and they're excited to be there and they're thinking creative thoughts and building on each other's thoughts and supporting each other. So I don't know. It's, it's kind of a cool, it's a cool thing to think about. I think what we're talking about now is the advantages to when you have the right mix of people and you have the right people in the right seats. Right. Um, so talk to me a little bit about how, what does that mean as a boss? How do you hire that? How do you foster that? How do you know when it's not happening? I, and I think you and I have talked about this before in terms of, you know, we wouldn't even consider somebody if we don't think they could do the job. So what you're really hiring for is fit. The skills got to be there or the potential has to be there. Right. What what you can't train are those soft things. So things like being naturally curious, which everybody knows is my favorite quality in a person, um, having good critical thinking skills, um, and just being kind and self-aware, you know, um, you can't make somebody into that, um, or force that into people. Yeah. So, but I, but I do think sometimes as a boss, it's harder to see sometimes because it could be that you see the potential in someone to grow in an area that they don't have the confidence in, or they're just not quite sure about. And then conversely, it could be that somebody has a skill that you don't know about and you're right. underutilizing. That's so interesting. For, for me, one of the things I wanted to add to your list is um, pride in work. And you can tell when somebody really is proud to turn out good work or is moved by the amount of help that they can give to a client. So those are the kinds of things that I don't think you can grow someone's pride in their work. I don't think you can necessarily grow somebody's empathy for client success. So those have to be somewhat inherent. Um, but you're right about the, oftentimes as bosses, we see a skill in somebody that it, we know if you develop this, you can go so far, but it might not be something they want to do mm -hmm. or, or they have some ridiculous skill that we have yet to unearth. And I'm always afraid that I'm missing someone's greatness somehow. And I, I need to look more carefully. So I don't know, like, give me some tools to do that. Yeah. I, you know, it's a funny story. I had a, um, an intern once who she just loved to edit. And she said that she could edit into the evening, you know, into the night. And she just would spend hours and hours making it perfect. And she was a really high energy people person. And something never really aligned in terms of her just being isolated and by herself. And then it, I figured out that the reason why she liked to edit so much is because she liked to control and she didn't oh, want to let go. And so at the end of her internship, um, when it was, she was almost ready to graduate and I said, look for producer jobs. You can do that job. And she's like, I don't want to be a producer. That's horrible. And about six months later, she called me and she said, I got a producer job and I love it. So you saw it, but she didn't see it in herself mm -hmm. or did she not see it? Or did she, did she have a misconception about the job? Did she have a misconception about her skills? I think she didn't understand the things that she loved about editing 
were were not the things that she was passionate about. She was holding on to the control. She didn't want to do a group project where she lost control. And so she adapted and became an editor. And I said, nah, that's not you. You're a, you need to be the lead. So sidebar, dear listeners, uh, Karen here is a producer and has a high level of need for control. So maybe that's just a, a skill set that puts somebody in the right seat. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, since I have none at home, I enjoy it at work. Well, <laughs> do we ever really have any control over things like children? No. No. <laughs> we pretend. Yeah, I, I've seen it the most. It's funny because um we have some we have some staff who have very long tenures, which is somewhat rare. Um, but when you when you have somebody who has a really specific excellent skill and being able to carve out the space for them to do the thing they're very 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 good at um, and cutting away all the things that they're not good at makes it kind of clear and nice you know what I mean and in some ways for me and you know this is interesting because it's small business we can be agile and we can pivot and we can throw in other buzzwords but um, when you have a smaller organization and you get to pick and choose your direction, right? Yeah. You can choose the types of clients you go after, after, or you can choose the type of work that you pursue. Um, knowing what your folks are great at allows you to customize the work that you give to them and find the things that will make them thrive. And that's always been really fun for me. So if if you understand what makes somebody great, there's so much efficiency in it. Yeah, And it, it almost frees you up to not have to worry about trying to make it work. Because I will say, there have been times when I've tried to make it work because you never want to give up mm-hmm. on somebody. You've hired somebody, you enjoy them, you have great conversations about recipes or something, but it's just not quite the right fit and you try to make it work. Yeah. At some point, it's just not the right fit, right? Yeah. I, I even had, um, I had an employee that became, that was a tenured employee that became not the right fit because the company started changing because- technology changed and the way we did business changed and he didn't want to grow and he didn't, he was so much more of a technician than a creative and he he didn't want to be the one to make the decisions. He wanted to push the buttons and eventually he was no longer part of the value proposition for us. Right. And that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard. And I have a, I, I feel like we're just swapping our stories here, but they're, you know, they illustrate things, right? Yeah. I have a friend who, um, and we, lots of, lots of these people exist. You got a degree in thing A, which you never really did, but you ended up in career B and in career C, B, it led you to something in, in, in category C. And finally you get to, to career choice D and you, you light up and go, oh, this is what I was supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And it's fun to watch people as they sort of maneuver through their careers and that confidence and happiness and lightness comes by because they're in a place that's just the right fit. Um, and so I got to imagine that your, your colleague who didn't want to, to change with the organization was probably very much happier someplace where he, he felt like a great fit, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah. He is. So I guess the moral of the story is really no matter how hard the work is or how frustrating the day is, like, do you feel like, dang, I'm good at this? <laughs> then you're probably at the right place. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. 
I think or so. Or maybe you just need to be a producer. Be <laughs> at the right place. <laughs> no. <laughs> now, I will say you we have a right person wrong time conversation. Mm-hmm. You had you had a moment of finding a perfect person but the space wasn't there for them quite yet. Right. How do you know when that's going to happen? Oh, that was sad. Um well, I, I, I don't think I did know. Um, I didn't know it was going to happen because I extended a job offer and it just wasn't the right time for them. Um, I knew why they were interviewing and um, I think they were hoping I could be patient, but I, you know, I had an open you position and I had a sure. capacity issue and um, it, it was like, it was the one that got away, but um you know, who knows? You never know what will happen in the future. I think a lot of this too is a, is about, it's really about building the right skill set and the right mix. And, you know, I go, we both like to cook. So it goes back to getting all the right things in the recipe. And your conversation from earlier about having just the right team compared to a year ago. Part of that is that each individual brings their unique skills or insight. Mm-hmm. And so getting it getting to a place where you have the you have the right people in the right seats when all of the bases are covered, right? And this is easy to talk about on a board of directors level or something. You you your treasurer is not faking it. They understand mm-hmm. the books and the strategic decisions they're in. You have somebody who's a deep subject expert over here and a deep subject expert over there. So that you're all adding a wide variety of insights. <clears throat> so that you're all adding a wide variety of insights that end up as a whole and work together. So a little bit of the right seat at the right time is is not only what you're bringing to the table, but the people you're mixing with to mm-hmm. make it just right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, like a recipe, you know, you you need a little bit of each one of the ingredients to make it sing. It's like in a friend group where you've got to have the funny one. You've got to have the one who's not afraid to hail a cab or call the Uber. You've got to have the one who knows when to cut us off from having too many drinks. Like everybody's got to play a role. And together you're a fully functional unit. Yeah. So I, I think part of this having the the right, right people in the right seats is knowing all the seats you have to have filled in order to be a functional unit. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I would look around. And that evolves. I think especially as an employer, you have to look around and see what your gaps are. And and you and I have so often talked about how, you know, gosh, hiring again, need a Mary Poppins, where you just need a little bit of everything. But those people do exist. Generalists. Sure. Magical generalists. Sometimes so sometimes that's the right person for the seat is a magical generalist. But I would say for, for people who are looking or looking to grow, I see a lot of folks who come to us because they they want to do the thing they already see. So, you know, oh, I see that you make X. I want to make X. I would challenge people who are looking for a new seat to look for places that have a gap that fits your skill set or fits your your passion. So when it comes to finding the perfect placement, it might not be in a place that everyone is doing the same function as you. It might be in a place where you are filling a need that that organization has. Or if you're looking to build your experience as a volunteer um, or at service level, almost anything. So being the right person in the right seat can take 
it can it can manifest in so many different ways. Yeah, yeah. That would be my one piece of advice. I think that's great I advice. S- I still don't know though. As a boss, I think it's a huge challenge to know if you're doing it right, and sometimes that's scary to me. Yeah, I I mean it's a it's a gamble because you 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 don't know what you don't know, right? But I I got to tell you, the fact that my current team has such interesting you know, they've got their skill that serves them every day at their job. But each of us has these like little uh, periphery skills that come in really handy. Yeah. We have a client who talks about that as being a T-shaped professional. So you have a deep knowledge in your skill set, but you have to have a strong knowledge in a number of different places in order to be able to communicate across lines and fill in those little gaps. And so I love that those periphery skills make make for a really good person no matter what seat you're putting them in. I love the notion of a T-shaped per- yeah, employee. It's very visual it's for cool. me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's easy to understand how that works. Yeah. However however wide your organization is, you need somebody deep in all of those places, but they have to be able to communicate at a top level with all of the other parts. Such a cool concept. Anyway, not, not mine. I did not make it up. However, we'll put a couple of notes in the show notes so people can go dig at it if they need to. Yeah, perfect. Karen, I don't, I don't know if we've solved anything or given anybody actionable advice, but I just think it's an interesting concept to talk about getting the right things together. Sort of like sort of like a cocktail. I've got to get the right mix of things to make it just right. Yeah. And sometimes it's just right for you and not just right for me. And that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. It's not one size fits all. It is not. It's custom tailor. If you liked this episode, please do us a favor and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. Hey, Karen. How long have you been doing this video boss thing? Mm. Uh, Longer than I'd like to admit, but let's suffice to say more than two decades. Fair enough. Me too. Which leads me to wondering, when do we get out? I mean, do we retire someday? Do we cash out and run? Do we fall over dead on our desks? Oh my. Join us next time as we conjecture what a sunset might look like when you run a small business. See you then. Cheers. Cheers.